Always here, though. What is up, everyone? And welcome to another Slab Stocks Live here on Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. We already got Gabriel in the house making us laugh to start the day. It says, please feed me some Slab Stocks content with a fork and knife. We are here to feed the content, my guy. Thanks for being here already. And uh, Nate, you're back again another week. Hey, oh, uh, <laughs> no big deal. Three weeks to start the year. <laughs> Some of us have only been here two weeks now, but uh, I'm excited to be back. I'm happy to be back on the Monday live stream because these are always a fun time. Uh, like I said, coming into the year, we were looking at new ways to do Slab Socks Live episodes, host different segments, bring in some guests. Today, we'll have a guest join us. Um, and I just realized I spelled hockey wrong in the title. That's extremely embarrassing. <laughs> I'll make sure to get that switch, but Where? we will be having uh, Greg from Show de Cartes or Cartes. Uh, I think it's pronounced that's, uh, that's French. But uh, we are um, going to have Greg join us because he is going to be kicking off our hockey content here at Slab Stocks every other week. There will be videos. I just switched the title um, on the fly. He'll be uh, releasing videos every other week along with podcasts here, doing different breakdowns on different cards, sales, uh, the sports, the performances, all that good stuff. But before we have Greg join us in 30 minutes, we are going to be talking about a little bit about MLK Day. Um, excited to have MLK Day here not only is basketball on TV, but we obviously get to honor the life and legacy of MLK. Um, Martin Luther King Jr. meant so much to so many people and did so much for the Civil Rights Act uh, movement and to progress that along in the United States. And uh, we'll be talking about some different, actually, uh, items of MLK. I'll be sharing one of my favorite quotes from MLK as well here in a little bit. But we got links in the house. Uh, Arshan, I'm going to be sending you an SGC submission. Do you fellas soon? Appreciate that a lot. And Manny, miss you too. Uh, Arsh- Arshan or Arshan, Apologies if I pronounced that wrong. Uh, thanks for mentioning that because I was actually going to say our twelve fifteen submission. Um, it actually went on Saturday, so the last day you could send in cards is always the fourteenth or the 29th. We picked up the cards on the fourteenth on Saturday. We actually got all packaged up, wrapped up, and taken right back to the post office. Um, because of the holiday today, there's no mail, so it would have been going out tomorrow, and that would have been an extra three days waiting for the package to go out. So we got it on Saturday. Um, for everyone, and our next submission coming up is now the one thirty submission, which. I need uh, cards in hand on the 29th. So very excited about that submission. Go out slabsocks.com slash grading is where you go submit your cards to SGC through our service, $18 per card. And uh, around two to four business days right now for me to get graded and sent back to us. So very, very quick. And we get them back to you extremely fast after that. All right, MLK Day. So Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, what you're looking at right here is a type one photograph. So I don't know how many people know what type one photographs are, have seen them slab before, have not me. Uh, seen how much they sell for it. You know, there's type one photographs for anything. Like I could have literally taken, taken a picture of Nate uh, today and I could have a type one photograph in my hands. It doesn't necessarily mean it's old. It, there's just a certain, um, well, in this aspect it is old, but there's a certain definition I'll share here in a second. But before we're talking about type one photos, I just want to share this quote really quick uh, from MLK. It's faith is taking the first step, even when you can't see the whole staircase. Um, I've actually never heard that one before. I was just looking at some things about MLK today and saw it this morning. And I just like absolutely love that quote because for him, um, the, you know, the staircase was his, what do you want to do with the civil rights act? Uh, but I think that this resonates with many people with anything they're doing in life. Now, obviously what he was doing was extremely brave, courageous, incredible, and did a lot for, for everyone. But I think this is just a good quote for, for everyone to think about because like no matter what you're doing in life no matter what you want to do no matter who you want to help or what you want to do um you just don't know until you try it is how i see it too and for him it was something incredible and uh, he tried and it was extremely successful and uh galvanized a whole nation i i, I would say and the i have a dream speech is literally one of the most famous speeches of all time if not in american history 
Um, so I love that quote. I actually tried to figure out if it was from the speech itself. Uh, obviously, you could just listen to it, but I, I don't think it was from the speech. Um, but it's an amazing quote. Now, for type one photographs, because this thing right here, it's expensive. This thing sold for $12,500. Um, this PSA slab, it's you know sold through SCP auctions. It was said to be in mint, near mint condition, like no creases, nothing, which is incredible. It's just from 1963. Um, I can't read the writing as small as it is, but I believe it's from 1963. Let me make sure on Instagram really quick. Yeah, 1963, um, right when the speech happened. And to have a type one photograph, it has to be a first generation photograph developed from the original negative during the period within approximately two years of when the picture was taken. Um, and then it goes from type one to type two to type three to type four. And type two would be the same exact thing, except it was um, de developed over two years from when the picture was taken. So it's still developed from the original negative. Um, and when I said take a picture of Nate, obviously you'd kind of have to take the, not like on an iPhone camera. I'm not saying like that's a type one photo. I say like, if you were to do it via this, this method in the past. Um, but that, that's what it is. And to be, to be completely honest, um, I was looking and I'm pretty sure this was like, you know, the only picture like this pose in this area that I found. Now, if you think about the amount of Brock Purdy cards I've sold for over $12,000, which is a few, um, it seems incredible to think that Cardi manufacturing year 2022 with a sticker auto that was signed on multiple sticker sheets of a guy who just debuted in the NFL that can be reproduced a million different ways, a million different sets in the year of 2022 and 2023. Um, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Obviously, people collect different things. But to me, this is an extremely cool item. Um, it's a beautiful photo. And it actually has the Washington Monument in the back, too, um, on the National Mall. So it's, it's awesome to me. I wonder where... Uh... I wonder where that picture was uh, found. Yeah, so that's the other thing too. It's like you, you think there's an original photographer. Um, I believe. I mean, he was standing close, probably. Right. Yeah. This. So this was actually from. This was put into a press release in France. I think it says Agents France Press P R E S S E, which seems like a French spelling of press, maybe. Um. So this was potentially taken and released in France, but this was like the you know one of the original prints in the first two years of it, which is crazy. Uh, so extremely cool. And then to be kept in that good of condition all that time, at least from 1965 until now, we know is incredible. So I did a little bit of digging. I said, I want to figure out what the highest uh, selling MLK type one print is. This is insane. This is such a close image here, Nate. Look at this. And that's from the I Have a Dream speech. It's over $36,000, November 1st, 2021. Um, and this one, you know, these things are a lot of the time, I believe, just graded authentic. I don't know if they get numerical grades. Now, let me say this too. I, I am in no means a photographer expert, even anything close to that. I'm just sharing some information I found out. And I learned about some of this stuff in the past at a card show. I was talking to someone about type one photos. Um, but then I just went and found some of these sales values and everything. So if you do collect pictures a lot, feel free to uh, throw down um, any any information in the channel. Feel free to share it. But this one sold for $36,400 on November 1st, 2021, also via SCP. And I said, what is the most expensive type one photo ever? Um, at least via car ladder sales history, right? This is mostly in the sports category. It actually is only in the sports category because it's from different sports auction platforms. So there could be something of like, you know, a president or something like that that could be sold, have sold for more. But the most expensive sports one in car ladder sales history is this Ty Cobb, uh, circa 1910. Don't know the exact year, but around there. Sliding into third. Um, getting kicked Charles, in the neck too. Yep, getting kicked in the neck. Charles Conlin photograph. Dude, this is incredible, Nate. To see a picture from that long ago, like that clear, so for three hundred ninety thousand dollars, 
And I just realized that the date is cut off. So it just says 2000 something. Nate, take a stab at when this thing sold. Okay, so sold for 390. Card ladder value is 943. Based off of his card market. Um, it's a new PSA label. Look at that. Uh, I'm going to guess 2018. 2020. So I actually thought it was 2018. I went and looked at it. It's 20, 2020. So um, it's not, it's, this didn't sell that long ago, but still 390K. Um, how can they tell? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Um, how can they tell that it's a type one? Like Another stab at it. How can they tell that uh, it's a type one photo from? Right. It's an authentication process. It's an authentication process that takes expert knowledge. I'm sure I have no idea. Right. Like you're like, oh, what if someone has created a photocopy of this type of thing? Um, But like, I have no idea. Right. That's why the when they're slabbed here like that, they like like two years. How could I know that this was printed in? 1910 or 1911 as opposed to 1913 well let me say you have no idea them maybe they have other methods you know i don't know but it's 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 definitely uh something something to look at like just from like a coolness perspective you know not cards not comics not tickets something completely different. so you tell me is the next thing to do is is make friends with make friends with the elderly and uh go check out their their picture albums and see what they (laughs) see what they got so Manny says Aaron, the back of the picture will have it signed on the back. Um, and he says it is on the back. So I guess Nate's probably follow up questions. What stops someone from signing at 1911, <laughs> 20 years no, later? They can like date the ink that was put on there yeah. or something. But like, okay, you have an old picture that is 1910 Ty Cobb like that. And nobody signed it. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at the back right now. There's no signature on it. It just has a stamp that says Charles M. Col- Conlin, Conlin, like pretty faded. Um, so I, yeah, be- beats me. But uh, they said cool. that yeah, it's it's crazy. It's cool, crazy, crazy. No, very cool. Um, all right, and then it prompted me next to say, okay, are there any cards of Martin Luther King Jr. Bro, there's a Topps American Heritage refractor of '76. I never knew that this set existed. Um, it was not in a baseball product. I don't believe it was actually like a, you know, uh, like a politics, like pop culture type of release. Seems and like the release would have been American Heroes. American Heroes. There you go. Yeah, it was American Heroes. Good, good call. Um, but this is the Chrome Refractor based off of the, this. I know this is 2017 Heritage that released for baseball, but what was this? 1967, I think. 1968? 68? Yeah, it's definitely 68. But 650 for a refractor out of 76 um, of this card. And it sold twice in 2022. But the previous sale before that was in 2019. So it didn't sell for three years and it sold twice in 2022. Cool. And then this is just the Chrome numbered out of 1776 here. Uh, last auction was December 7th for $4. But then there's a PSA 9 that sold for $100. The shipping on the $4 one could have been really high. And then there was a best offer on September 6th for 14 And I had to go look to see what was available of this card because I like saw this and I was just like, I need to have something like this. There was two different of 1776s available, one for $25. So I bought it. Um, but just go to sh- goes to show that and I'm not going to sell that thing ever. I just want to get it and put it in my shelf in my house. Um, but just goes to show like sometimes you just, just got to do what it takes to, to buy a card, get in the collection. Um, and I know we were kind of talking about the Paulo Bancaro and people are going on Instagram and YouTube and saying like, hey, you know, people aren't always buying a flip. Well, in that case, mostly what our take was, is there'll be many more available. You can save yourself money and build your collection further. Um, then I wonder if that guy responded right to me. 
I don't think so. But uh, uh, yeah, so it's a really cool set. And I have a Jackie Robinson actually from 55 tops. No, sorry, 56 tips tops. My favorite uh, Robinson card they made. So I figured this would be really cool to put next to the Jackie Robinson um, in the collection. It's pretty cheap, like $25 worth if they get something like that into the collection. But uh, happy to have you know MLK Day here. I hope everyone enjoyed your day. If you were able to, you know, I don't know how many people had off. You know, I think I know government uh, jobs had off and everything like that. But uh, basketball on TV, Bucks won today. That's great to see, and uh, really happy to to celebrate his uh, life and legacy for sure here on Slap Sucks Live. And what is up to Peter and Oscar and Crollo? Excited to have you all here today. All right, so new segment here on Slap Sucks Live. It's Monday. We're kind of tossing around the ball, figuring out what to do for our second segment, say, before we bring Greg on next 15 minutes. And so, Nate, one of my college friends says mid all the time. So I said, let's do mid Monday. So for anyone that doesn't know what mid means, I have the Google def- definition here from Urban Dictionary. It says mid is defined by Urban Dictionary as a word, quote, used to insult or degrade an opposing opinion, labeling it as average or poor quality. It's essentially a snappy shorthand for mid-tier or mediocre. Not terrible, but nothing excited about either. And a lot of what happens with the word mid is you strap Nate, oh, sorry, not Nate, you strap, <laughs> now you know where my head's at, you strap mid to another uh, another word or name to represent that. So my so friend like always mount. likes to say, yeah, my friend always likes to say mids and mount is what he likes to say. Or uh, mid C instead of Chelsea. Yes, that's that's the one. Yeah, that's the other one. Mid? Mid, mid pool if you're a Liverpool fan. The mid Kings. <laughs> mid kunku no they no, he's not mid he's he's amazing so but that that's where we're coming at for today's segment and we're gonna do this every once in a while but today's games what do you say reese james mid james no you're mid midabaugh i can keep nathan, going nathan, i could keep nathan, going no nathan midabaugh wrong <laughs> uh jordan Oh, all good, man. No worries. You missed last night. I'm playing hanging from Dallas. Can't believe I missed all that trivia too, Jordan. I know I set it up with you in mind, and uh, at least you got to watch it back. But we'll do it again in the near future. I hope you had a great time at the Dallas Card Show. Uh, but Nate put together the different topics for the NFL playoffs for today's show. So, Nate, why don't you just get us going right away? I threw a couple card sales in there just so you know, so they'll be popping up. But Okay, uh, okay. Um, so, so here's my idea. We've got a bunch of different, we've got a bunch of different segments here um or sections and then at the end we should vote on who's the most mid yeah who's the middest of them all and uh crollo says arson mid <laughs> doesn't really count though they're top of the table so <laughs> i like the uh, thought no, but chelsea, chelsea truly is mid oh just wait yeah they're a 10 they're right right at the middle <laughs> and and i saw today that emil smith Rowe has more goals last year than that murdick kid has in his entire career yeah, that, that's 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 true. But just and wait, Emil Smith Rowe doesn't play. Well, he's injured right now. But I get what you're saying. All right, come on, let's let's get going with the NFL. All right, season. all right, all right. So, who's the middest of the mid? Um, we've got first off, they didn't play this week, but I'm going to hammer home the point that the Packers are a disappointment to me. Uh, you got Aaron Rodgers over there. Packers eight and nine, fourteenth draft pick, and uh, major disappointment. Winning, you're in. Losing, you're out. And they lose. Of course, you 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 would proceed to go get stopped by the 49ers the next week. So it's like probably a blessing in disguise to lose and not have to go get embarrassed on a national stage by the 49ers. That being said, real quick, Aaron Rodgers was mid on uh, on Sunday, two weeks ago. If you go to the next, I guess I can go to the next one. Uh, no, oh, true. I forgot about that. Well, so mid. He's been oh, so I mid. Just, I just covered this in uh, 
Daily Slam. Oh, you did? Well, I did. I'll, I'll, I'll briefly mention, because Austin Medina, one of our uh, YouTube live watchers, brought up last night that the Exquisite Rogers sold for $8,700 yesterday on the weekly auction. Uh, but it sold for $31,200 in the premier auction March 19th. And that is the exact same card, too. So uh, if you're mid, you get mid results on card sales, I guess. <laughs> I don't even. I don't know if I consider that a mid result. That's a huge loss, but I get it. Um, so the Vikings are the Vikings, the most mid of the teams. Uh, so you got Justin Jefferson and Kirk Cousins there on the side, and the Vikings. You can see this from Mike Florio, December twenty fourth, twenty twenty two. Vikings win eleventh one score game in all time record. They went eleven and zero. They won um, thirteen games. It says thirteen and five, but that's including their Giants loss. Uh, they won thirteen games. Their first win against the 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 Packers was by double digits, and then they won eleven straight after that by one score. All time record. Well, wouldn't you know it? Their first playoff game, they lose the game by one score. They are now eleven and one on the season in one score games, and they did it in the game that they needed to win the most, um, which is an embarrassment. Justin Jefferson only forty seven yards on seven catches. Uh, they were the worst 13 win team by point differential in NFL history. Um, and not only that, but they had the third best point differential in the NFC North out of four teams. Uh, both the Lions and the Packers had a better point differential than them. And I'm pretty sure, don't quote me on this, but I, um, I, the Buccaneers might be close on point differential for being in the negatives, but uh, the Vikings might be like one of two teams that had a negative point differential in the playoffs this year. Um, but the other teams were wild card and they were 13 and, and ended up being 13 and five. I gotta say, man, Kirk cousins, his career, unfortunately for Vikings fans, it might be the definition of mid, like always has like decent stats this year, ended up 13th in passer rain, but had nice counting stats. Um, or he is like out of the top 10 in passer rain. Um, but he's always kind of a mid, middle of the pack, you know, like doesn't really get done in the playoffs, doesn't really take the next step. I would you say the 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 most mid thing the most mid quarterback could do is to be is to throw a three yard pass on fourth and eight to end your season? I would basically say that I yeah. would rather watch Aaron Rodgers throw an interception to end the year or Brett Favre throw an interception to end the season. Then watch your quarterback throw a three-yard pass on fourth and eight to end your season. Dude, he had to chuck that to – I think that's Jefferson running over the middle on that post draft. He literally just had to chuck that to him and hope he made a play. Like, even yeah. if the pressure was there, he had to throw it down that the field. Yeah. If anything, Hawkinson was just a decoy to remove a defender from the right uh, flat because there's no chance that that was actually supposed to happen. <laughs> Brutal. Uh, and right here, you know, Kirk Cousins, he, he hit some nice peaks this year. I'm on his contenders, 9-5 auto. But in the end, six months from, from now, uh, it's been – or six months previous – up until now, it's been flat, minus 10% actually. So uh, a season that went so well um, ended up not really being much of anything. Well, but, we knew they were frauds, yeah, and uh, they ended up being frauds in the end. So. I'm glad you got the Packers thing out of the way first because we we acknowledge that the Packers were not good too. So. Yeah, they're frauds too. Um, all right, so next up is the Chargers, and here is our friend Lou, Card Talk Pod. Shout out, Lou. Talking crap about the guy in the bottom corner, Justin Herbert, and yada, yada, yada. You probably saw the Card Talk pot. He got lambasted. Lambasted in the comment section. They were just ripping on him. Mostly Chargers fans. But they were ripping into him uh, for basically saying Justin Herbert was mid. And so I've got the opposite thing going here. Instead of telling you why so-and-so team is mid, I'm going to tell you why Justin Herbert is not. 
I get that they lost in the playoffs. I understand that. I understand that they were up 27 to nothing and then lose. That stinks, especially to a quarterback that had thrown four interceptions in the first half. And there was also a fumble, five turnovers in total. Yeah. That being said, you've got four guys here. Joey Boza, Darwin James, Keenan Allen, and Mike Williams cards, okay? You've also got the Chargers record, 10-8. and eight. That includes the playoff loss, so really 10-7 and seven in the regular season. I've got some uh, stats for you. Joey Bosa played five games. Keenan Allen played 10 games. Mike Williams played 13 games. Darwin James played 14 games. That's at least three. Three games missed for Darwin James. Mike Williams missed four. Keenan Allen missed seven. Joey Bosa missed 12. J.C. Jackson, their top cornerback free agent from this past year, he only played four games. Austin Johnson, one of their top uh, – their their second – defensive tackle or the first defensive tackle whichever way you want to look at it um starting defensive tackle missed nine games and they just signed him as a free agent so you're telling Uh, me they're the chelsea the nfl yeah and in total they also had three different kickers this year have you ever heard of that in a in a year and they all did well but they had three different kickers that took up one percent of their cap space for for kicking it's insane but breaking it down a little bit farther 15% 15% of their cap space was taken up by players on injury reserve or um, release players. Uh, shout out Brian Bulaga. Another 32% of their cap was taken up by Joey Bosa, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and Derwin James. 32% of their cap is taken up by those four guys. Those four guys missed a combined 26 games. That is a season and a half worth of games between these four players. Uh, so you have... of your cap taken up by that, and 32% of your cap missed um, basically a season and a half combined. But but what was the average? Is like, what, five or something? Um, Well, it's 26 divided by four. Oh, yeah, true. That's dumb. (laughs) So so six. six. Yeah. Um, So they averaged six missed games per, and yet the Chargers went 10 and seven. That's a lot of money and a lot of talent not playing on a season. Um, And yet... There they were in the playoffs. And why were they in the playoffs? Because of Justin Herbert and Austin Eckler. So I refuse to believe that Justin Herbert is mid. I got to hear this from our comments. Obviously, people were roasting Lou and Lou's comments. But what about our comments? Do people think that Herbert's mid? Do you think that Lou is crazy for thinking so? Um, I got to say, Herbert is extremely talented in his first playoff appearance with a team. And a lot of people say a coach that is either hurt or didn't really do as well as they should. Um, so, yeah, give this guy a little bit of time. Not every single player wins their Super Bowl in the first three years of their career. I understand Mahomes is an anomaly here. I think that the biggest thing for them is that, like, people are kind of comparing Herbert to Mahomes because I saw him post something that's like, in no realm does Herbert's resume or it will it stack up to Mahomes most likely, which is true. I mean, I agree with that. But I don't think that makes Herbert mid. I think it makes Herbert a really good young quarterback that has a lot to grow and a team that needs to be healthy um, for him to grow. Imagine if the Jaguars hadn't come back. This wouldn't be us talking about Justin Herbert being mid. We'd be talking about Trevor Lawrence right now. Yep, absolutely. And uh, so Herbert's, you know, the season didn't go great as a team, which does lead to some drops for the contenders out of PSA 10. But they did have a good end of the season to get into the playoffs. Um, And it did bounce back a little bit, but it's around 4,500 now for contenders. PSA 10 auto. All right, Nate, let's speed this up a little bit. Yeah. Oh, also Magic said injury bug hit the Chargers. Dude, the injury bug hits the Chargers every single year, though, which is and, – and I know I pointed this out. Like, look at these injuries. It's crazy how often the Chargers pl- star players are injured. I mean, I think Duran James missed, like, two straight years and then missed another four games this year. 
Yeah. Um, all right, we've got Tyreek Hill. Nice little mosaic there. And you can see Miami. I know Skylar Thompson played, but they lost 34 to 31 and his former team, Kansas City, playing next week. Um, not much else than that. He had seven catches for 69 yards, but again, Skylar Thompson throwing to him. Who knows what would have happened if Tua was throwing to him. That being said, it's a tough scene when you have your player, when you are not playing and your former team is in the playoffs. Agreed. Um, and then you got a little fun one here. Uh, Lamar Jackson on the table. He did not play on Sunday and the Ravens barely, barely lost to the Bengals, which is uh, a tough scene for the Bengals. Especially because it was kind of like, you know, I don't want to say luck, but, you know, getting fumbled 98 yards return the goal line very rarely happens to help them win. I really actually want the Ravens to win that game bad. Did you? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I did. I, I, I guess it would have been fun to see Lamar Jackson come back, but yeah, they barely, they barely won. That's a, that's a tough scene. So, uh, mid Bengals for barely beating a backup QB. Oh, uh, Ravens team so that, mid, and this Ravens the team, they're la- they're in December. They beat the Broncos by one point. They beat the Steelers by two points and they beat the Falcons by eight points, all one score games against teams that aren't very good. And then they lost to the Browns who also aren't very good. And they lost to the Steelers. They played the Steelers twice in December and the Steelers were nine and eight. Like it's still not very good. So it's not like this was a wildly hot team in December. Uh, And we're going to see the Jags. No, they're going to play the bills. They're playing the bills next. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. And speaking of the bills, same picture, but this time the dolphins without Tua, this is fine. A meme. Uh, and, uh, despite the fact that both these, you know, the Ravens didn't have their star QB, the dolphins didn't have their star QB, the bills only won by three. Now, a lot of that, you know, there was a, there was a fumble return, right. And, and the Buffalo way outgained them in yards. So it wasn't like the Bengals Ravens game. Um, but still it's shocking to look up and say really three points, especially because Buffalo was first in point differential. Um, or second in point differential on the season to the 49ers and also second in the fewest points given up defensively in the NFL. And then they give up 31 points to Skylar Thompson. Brutal. All right, everyone, let us know from the NFL playoffs this weekend, what situation was the middest of them all? Um, you've got the uh, bills here who beat the dolphins by three, the Bengals who barely beat the Ravens with, uh, Huntley at quarterback. You've got Tyreek Hill, who's uh, sitting at home now for the rest of the playoffs. You have Lou here. Lou's going to be our, our mid man. Yeah. Lou's the mid man here um, for thinking that Herbert's mid. And then you got Kirk Cousins, and uh, I'm not going to call Jefferson mid. That guy's a beast. Um, well, he only and had then, seven catches for 49 yards in the biggest uh, game of his career. Okay. I, I get it. But he's a beast. Um, and then you have Aaron Rodgers uh, as the last option for mid. Drop a comment for us. Uh, right now, if you want to, and we're going to be getting this hockey card content here pretty quick. But Nate, who is your middest of them all? Uh, it's got to be, I want to pick Lou just for kicks and giggles, but it's got to be the Vikings. Yeah. As a Packer fan, I have to choose the Vikings. Yeah, I can't not choose Kirk. I have a lot of uh, friends that are Vikings fans, and one of my friends has been yelling for years that Kirk is extremely mid, and that has played out once again. Never can fit, get the job done. And that's not even winning a Super Bowl. Like, you know, Keenum was the one that got them to the NFC championship game in the Minneapolis yeah. Miracle year. It wasn't Cousins. Um, 
But uh, before getting into the hockey card content, bringing Greg into the stream, I had to put it in here. This Saturday is the battle of mid between Liverpool and Chelsea, ninth and 10th of the table. I can't tell you how many times I've seen this meme where it says battle of mid. It's actually battle of midway, but they clipped out the end, I think, to say battle of mid. Um, circulating soccer Twitter right now for the Liverpool and Chelsea game this upcoming week. Two of the most powerful uh, most powerful clubs in the world um, are playing each other. Normally, they're both in the top four for the last few seasons. Um, this year, sitting at ninth and 10th on the table, this is 100% the battle of mid. But we better win. We're at home. It's at 6.30 a.m., so whoever's getting up with me on a Saturday morning, uh, that's actually the morning after my brother's wedding, so uh, that will be extremely fun waking up to watch Chelsea at 6.30. You might um, not even be asleep. <laughs> maybe not. Might just stay awake. Uh, there's a show on Saturday, too. Might just go straight to the show then. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited for that match. And Oscar says, uh, Kirk. Kirk is the midest of them all. So, Oscar, I'm glad you agree with us. All right. I'm going to welcome Greg to the stream right now. Uh, Greg is our hockey card man here, our hockey card content creator. Uh, if you all watch the Toronto stream, you have seen – not stream, Toronto video. You have seen Greg in there. We did a little walkthrough of the show talking about some different cards. And here he is. Greg, welcome to the uh, Slab Sucks Live show, my man. Thanks for having me on, guys. How are you? Really well, Good. really well. So uh, Greg is going to be running our puck drop show every other um, Thursday. It will be releasing starting with this Thursday. So Greg, talk a little bit about what we're going to be doing with Slab Sucks Puck Drop. Talk a little, about, a little bit about yourself and your background first, um, and then we can uh, get into some car talk. Well, growing up in Montreal, as you know, hockey is religion here. It's uh, it's what we live by. Our biggest professional sports team is the Montreal Canadiens. So we all, I think all of my peers, everyone here, every collector, hockey passionate, everyone grew up collecting hockey cards in the the, the famous junk wax era. But uh, th that moved into what we know as today. And um and now the, the hockey card market is growing, as you guys can see uh, in the U.S. As you saw, uh, Aaron, when you came to Toronto at the Toronto Expo, beautiful cards. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm running a podcast in French about not only hockey cards, but all of sports cards. And I also um, I'm a radio host in Montreal at the um, French sports radio. So that's about what I do, man. I just collect. I like speaking about cards and speaking about sports and hockey as well. So why not? Uh, why not share the love in English as well? I love it. I love it. So, yeah. So if you are a uh, French Canadian or speak French and want to learn about cards, uh, Greg is your man. Uh, Greg, what's the name of the podcast? It's uh, well, it's card show but in french is show the carte so i just translated cards for carte in french and that's it show uh i you you actually said it well at the beginning of the stream i was listening from the beginning show the cards love it <laughs> i was trying i was trying my best i don't speak french but i was going for it you're good by the end of the year you're gonna speak french there we go oh, wow. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna be in france actually i'm gonna be in france in a couple weeks so i might have to try i didn't <laughs> even know that i know awesome. i'll tell you about that yeah we're in montpellier uh oh. going to see, see psg play there I actually haven't really said much about that on the Slap Sox Live show, but yeah, I'll talk about that next Monday. Amazing. Uh, but what we have here for today's episode, we're going to be doing some uh, basic hockey card talk for those that maybe have watched hockey at some point in their life, don't know anything about the cards or know stuff about the cards, haven't watched hockey. Just feel free to hang out and drop comments in, or questions in the chat as, uh, as we talk through this. If you have any questions on hockey, any questions on hockey cards, feel free to throw them in the chat and we'll bring them up to have Greg answer. Uh, but the start of this is, yeah, go ahead, Nate. Is there any way we can get Greg in the middle? I should be able to drag him. 
There we go. Yeah, there Look we go. Nice. <laughs> I like it. See, I traded my Christmas, my SX neon there for a Christmas tree that's still up. So. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I like Until it. I get my slab stocks neon sign. <laughs> then, then, we'll, then we'll take the Christmas tree down. Um, okay. So today's uh, you know small little segment here is all about education is key. This doesn't only pertain to hockey cards. It pertains to really everything in life. But in cards, it pertains to uh, making sure you understand the different cards in the market, what cards have been around for a long time, what are the staple sets that people collect. This is not to say that you have to collect the cards we're about to talk about or you have to collect the cards that we talk about for other sports. It's just about what the legacy has been and how people um, interact with those cards and why value might be there, why it might not be there, or what will help the cards gain in value. So when we were in Toronto, I walked around with Greg, and we did a segment where we walked around to the different booths, we saw cards, and I said, Greg, point out to me, which cards mean something to hockey collectors or why these cards are in the cases. And I think a lot of people really like that segment on that. Not everyone probably watched the Toronto video. So we thought it'd be a good way to introduce uh, the hockey card content here um, during the live stream. So Greg can sit down and talk about it a little bit. So what we're going to do to start is we're going to bring up some different cards and Greg is going to tell us about them. So Greg, what I have here is I've got the first card that was produced for a given set. And then we've got a different main card from that set today. But the first card here is 1990. You're talking about the junk wax, right? This is the young yep. gun, uh, Pavel Burr. Did I say it right? Pavel Burr? Pavel Burr. Pavel Burr. Thank you. Uh, this is the French uh, young guns, as you can see in the top right there. But the young guns is in the bottom right. And uh, this sold for $296, December 30th, 2020. But that's not what we're going to talk about. Uh, Greg, tell me about young guns and tell me why the introductions of young guns was so important and what it means today to collectors. Well, the young guns is is the common cards. If we draw any comparison to the other sports, it would be the prism, the chrome, the, the, this kind of, you know, the flagship rookie card that we have. And it's been there for years and years and years. So that's why when you have a player, yes, you can have his junior cards. That would be, I don't know, the equivalent of the Bowman or college cards in basketball or um, or football but when the Young Guns is coming out in every Upper Deck Series 1, Series 2, or even Extended Series, these are the most, um, you know, the, the, the common rookie card that everyone will collect, that everyone will get graded, and everyone will buy and trade and um, add to their collection. So there's, there's very, very few variant if you compare it to what we see in Prism, what we see in, let's say, Mosaic or Topps Chrome. There's actually just the base young guns which can gain a lot of value there's also the um the high gloss that's numbered out of 10 the french version that we translate to like young wolf jeune lou um and then um uh, yeah there's also one numbered to 100 so basically there's only four variations and then with the upper deck um the 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 upper e deck e-packs that you can buy online if you collect many different uh, copies of the young guns you can get them the silver foils the rainbow foils and all that type of stuff they're pretty hard to hit so uh yeah that's why it's been it's been a flagship rookie card for so so long in the hockey market and the rainbow foils are like extremely expensive like they're very rare this is not like expect a rainbow foil from tops baseball where there's you know yeah. thousands printed psa 10 maybe nate where they like pop 300 400 on some yeah, of these guys it depends on the year because some chipping on those foils sometimes, but yeah. Yeah. It, well, already, already in one hobby box, you get six different young guns. 
of all the different rookies. So to get a, a rainbow foil of one dif- one player, you need 20 young guns. So you need to actually go on EPAC, open a lot of these products and trade a lot to actually get 20 copies of one player's young guns. And then you can get that rainbow. So that's how rare they are. Actually, Yeah. And that's not like buying the signals on eBay. That's like opening on EPAC and having to use the digital upper deck platform to do so. So it's like more yeah. difficult to get. So you anyway. use the digital platform to then get a yeah, real Nate, life rainbow? Nate, you, yeah, Nate, you might not know this, but you can literally go on Upper Deck and buy packs, and it will actually open the packs and have real scans of the cards. Like it, I used to open some of them back when they were like three dollars an Upper Deck pack. Pretty addicting, I gotta say. <laughs> yeah, pretty addicting. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> you get the cards. You can actually they, request the cards, and they yeah. and and they send it to you at home. Yeah, and so like you can like trade in. I think it was like some amount get you the silver foil, like Greg said, and then the rainbow foil he said was twenty. Um, but yeah, pretty. Uh, Pretty crazy process to say the least. And then also one more, Greg, the clear cut too. Recently they had the clear cut to the absolutely to the, yes. To the yes, box. Beautiful. Yep. Um, so that is the the beret, but here we have the Connor McDavid. Um, this is the most popular now post 2010 Young Guns PSA 10. This one has obviously been a wild ride since the first sales back in 2015, around 500, 400. Uh, now it you know hit up over the four thousand, around three thousand. Um, but the, these the the PSA 10 population reports have changed over time. Um, you mentioned it's like the flagship rookie, right, Greg? Which is true. But yep. like you said, six per box. That's a lot different than opening up a box of baseball and getting like 50 rookies in a box. Like they aren't necessarily as as overproduced as, as just base paper rookies in baseball. Exactly. But they also are not extremely, extremely rare because now you have like PSA 10 McDavid as well, like pop 3,000. But back for Crosby and Ovechkin in 2005, it was around 1,000. So even with the increase in population though, I mean, three thousand dollars for a pop three thousand card is is spectacular. That's obviously more than Luca Prism Silver, um, but it also helps that there's not a million variations, like you pointed out. Yeah, exactly. There's not a million variation as compared to any different sport, and also uh, it, it all depends on the years. The quality, the printing quality, depending on the years, makes it uh, makes the variation on uh, the PSA 10 pop also fluctuate. So, um, and also the popularity of the player. I mean, if the, the rookie in question doesn't, doesn't have a great career, not a lot of people are going to grade these cards compared to Connor McDavid. Uh, I mean, of course, right off the start, anyone knew that Connor McDavid would have a huge market, just like Connor Bedard, who will be drafted next year. I probably heard of the guy. Uh, who has 39 points in his last 10 games. Yes, we're talking hockey. <laughs> and uh, in the in, in his junior league and also at the world championship. So, um, yeah, so that's why there, there's a huge population, but also a lot of people want to collect uh, Connor McDavid's young gun PSA 10. I want to pull up a couple of comments here. Um, one was from Bless and Break, said young guns are more akin to the Ray Rookies brand from Donners and Panini. Um, and I would, and then also said right here, prison rookies don't have their own brand. They have same rookie shields, every other product raid rookies is its own brand. I agree with you. Like if you're talking about like the branding standpoint, yeah. Similar to raid rookies. I think where Greg was coming from, Greg, you can interject too, is that the young guns is sought after as if it was like the prism silver PSA 10 for rookies. exactly That's what you're saying. I'm talking about this, how significant they are to the market of hockey and just drawing a parallel to what it is to football, basketball, and baseball. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. And then Sports Card Influencer said, uh, but they produce a million boxes, Aaron, which is true. I mean, like, I, like I said, there's, not, there's no shortage of Young Guns PSA 10 McDavid. 
Greg can no, go no, buy one. I can go buy one. Nate can go buy one. We can all go find one right now. But what I was pointing out was that pulling them, you know, buy a $120 box of Upper Deck Series 1 or whatever, you know, for whatever year it is, you get six young guns. You know, like Nate was pointing out, hey, flagship baseball still is like $100 to $120 a hobby box in some cases. And you're going to get a million rookies there, and they're also going to pr- pr- produce a million boxes for flagship Series 1 baseball. Um, so it is harder to hit them. And there's way less of these than base rookies for baseball. That was the point. Not that there isn't a lot of them because there is still. Um, here's a good question from Gen Z Financial Literacy. What do you think Bedard's young gun price will be on release based on maybe what we're seeing with the new set that came out for some players? Uh, he, his rookie card will be released in uh, next year's uh, Upper Deck Series 2. Actually, that's what that, that's the new um, standard that Upper Deck is setting. Like the, the first uh, first round pick is going to be uh, released like this year. Slavkovsky will be released in Series 2. We still don't know if it's going to be um, on February 15th. Now, for his prices, a lot of people are thinking it's going to go higher, actually, um, than Connor McDavid's Young Guns when it was released. But we still don't know. I mean, if he ends up in Arizona, I don't think there's going to be that much hype that if he lands, let's say, in Chicago or um, Montreal. Montreal is still very possible or any other big market. So, I mean, it's very hard to say, but if he lands in a big market, it could go higher. Actually, a lot of people, um, and you see a lot of people are preparing for that release that is still in 12 months from now. It's crazy. So I'm glad you bring that up because I actually meant to uh, put this in the presentation. I'm going to pull it up and screen share it really quick. This was the post I put up on Connor Bedard, excuse me, from two weeks ago that had you write the little segment for in it. And you just said people are preparing for this release and it's over a year from now. And when we put up this post, it was like, hey, is this kid bigger than Wembenyama? But for hockey, you know, like similar comparison. uh, But for hockey, is he bigger to the sport? And these are juniors cards, and as, as Greg posted out earlier, these are, are pointed out, these are kind of like XRCs. They're released before their first pro cards, but they still bring value for some players like McDavid's 2014 card sell well. Bedard's auto is for two grand for a patch auto here. He's 17, not drafted, obviously. Uh, yeah. Talk to me about how crazy it's going to be when his cards do release, like the hype of it all. Is that going to be something that you'll see more people outside the hockey card market think about because they can you know, rip packs or buy cards of them because so many people want them? Oh, well, once again, it all depends where he lands, where he's drafted. But yeah, I I see a lot of people outside of the hockey market that still are preparing that they want to invest in hockey when Connor Bedard makes his way to the NHL. It's, uh, I mean, like I said, I think his his entry in the NHL is going to have a bigger impact than actually Connor McDavid. That's what I predict. But at the same time, um, how much are, are they going to print of these cards as well, knowing if we all know that we're preparing to buy cases of Upper Deck Series 2 next year, Upper Deck knows that. And there's they're also preparing that um, you know that release. So like, uh, we'll see. But these, these junior cards, I mean, I think they will hold their value until we see new cards coming of, um, of Connor Bedard. That's for sure. Go ahead, Nate. All right, question for you, Greg. Uh, taking Montreal out of the equation because you're a fan, right? So you're gonna, you're obviously. I'm actually a Kings fan, but growing up in Montreal, you have to oh. like the local team as well. <laughs> well, okay, then you don't have to take him out of the equation. I was assuming that you'd have to take him out of the equation because if you're a fan, you'd obviously want him to go there. Um, 
as as a card collector fan of hockey, what yeah. would you prefer? He go to a big market team and it will cost you more to get his cards or would you prefer he ends up in an Arizona so you can get the cards cheaper and then maybe he moves on later in his career and you can then make the money then? That's a I good think, question. It's an excellent question, Nate. I think it would be uh, – it, it would actually be fantastic for hockey if he landed in an, an original six franchise. And, I mean – Everyone here in Montreal would like to have Connor Bedard here around. That would be, you know, having it to the most prestigious franchise in hockey uh, with 24 Stanley Cups and everything with the history of the team, uh, having Connor Bedard there. But I think everyone agrees if he could land in Chicago, that would just be fantastic. It, it, it's a huge hockey market as well. Um, and just imagine for a second these future watch auto patches. Uh, Aaron, I know you like these. Uh, with Connor Bedard and the, the the magnificent Blackhawks jersey, I, I think it would be amazing to have him in a big uh, U.S. market. It would be great for hockey, big for the hobby as well as terms of growth. So yeah, I mean, uh, in terms of in terms of growing the sport in the U.S., him landing in Chicago would be the best case scenario for that for sure. Um, I think so. Canadians obviously would not be very happy. Not only Canadian fans, but also probably Canadians in general. Uh, but I guarantee you if he lands in Chicago, we'll see a lot of Bedard jerseys walking around in Milwaukee. There's a lot of any, Chicago Blackhawks fans here. Any chance he lands in Seattle? Are they good? Cracking oh, dude, good. they're doing really well right now. They're, they're doing, doing really well. Yeah, yeah, they're doing amazing. They they might actually make their way to the playoffs. That that That's what everyone predicts. Um, and they're doing amazing, amazing with no big scores right now. Their big rookie is Matty Beniers. That was the chase in uh, Upper Deck Series 1 this year. And uh, yeah, they're doing very well. So as of now, th unless something big happens and they collapse in, in the rankings and the standing, sorry, I, I, don't, I don't see them having a chance to, uh, to, to draft him. Nate, to have a chance at the number one pick, you have to finish bottom 10 in the NHL. All right. I'm just I'm uh, I'm I'm slowly like hey, maybe I should become a Kraken fan because I live in Washington now. Or because you're a bandwagon guy that just like starts liking teams when they start doing well like Arsenal. No uh, no 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 no, <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I know I know. I'm just they hadn't up. they were terrible when I started. I know. Them. I know. So he could they, land in Chicago, could land in Anaheim with Trevor Zegris. That would be awesome too. Uh, Columbus, but actually I think for for the hobby for the market. Um, would be would be amazing to have him in Chicago. That's for sure. Sports influence influences and where about a Californian team, which does include the Ducks, and says think the Zion hype when it comes to Bedard here in Canada. Um, Silky Met has a question for Greg. Thanks, Hank, for the question. With Bedard being a small center, do you think that he'll still be a powerhouse in the NHL? Me personally, I think he might slow down quite a bit once he gets to the pro level. Uh, based on size, remember Cole Caulfield's small though. Cole Caulfield is doing well. And remember when I did that first video with you guys, I said he could score 50 and no one believed me. Well, guess what? He's at 50. Uh, he's at 26 now midseason. So he's on pace to go for 48, maybe 50. But that's another topic. Um, <laughs> that, that's I, for I, puck drop. You'll, you'll cover that in your puck drop. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll cover it for sure. That's for sure. Uh, and I would happy to be wrong as well. I mean, if he gets 47, doesn't reach a 50 mark, that would be that would be great as well. But anyway, um, that's a good question. But I think the league is going faster and faster every year. So, I mean, small players like him, uh, of course, he's still 17. He can grow uh, a lot. But um, I don't see him slowing down. Look look at what Caulfield is doing. Look at what uh, uh, Montreal Canadiens head coach uh, Martin St. Louis used to do uh, on his size as well. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not too worried about that. The guy has talent. If you've seen him play in the juniors at the world juniors as well, 
he did amazingly well and was not not at all intimidated, uh, even though he's a bit smaller. Uh, and he says, also, Greg, you're a Kings fan, so how about Fiala's insane season? Uh, Hank's a massive Fiala collector and uh, Kings fan because of it. Amazing. Amazing. Welcome to the team. All-star. All-star Aaron, this year. Aaron, did you ever tell Greg about how you got uh, harassed on Twitter? I might have. I might not have, though. I, no. I, wore, uh, I wore a Mighty Ducks jersey to the Wild and Kings game uh, when I went with Hank. We went to the Minnesota Wild game together. I wore a Charlie Conway. Uh, Ducks jersey because I mean, he was oh, love fan. it. Yeah, I mean, he was a Ducks fan. But little did I think about you know Ducks and Kings. There's a rivalry there, a big and, rivalry. Yeah, so I wear it to the game, and the Kings broadcaster is sitting two seats in front of us, like with a massive camera. Every time the Kings score, he's putting the camera on Hank, and there I am sitting with my Ducks jersey, and all these people on Twitter think I wear the Ducks jersey to just you know harass Hank and harass Kings fans but I'm just a mighty Ducks fan from Wisconsin that likes hockey and grew up in the where they filmed the movie you should have turned around and show your Conway and everyone would just cheer you on it even has the captain's patch on 96 like you should know but um yeah it was fun it was funny though people were actually mad dude they were dropping bad words on me like bad words on Twitter yeah that Kings fan in it Kings fans in LA are diehard hockey fans the only the only game I saw in LA because for me from Montreal to travel to LA is, is, you know, kind of a big trip to go see a hockey game. But the only time I went there was actually the first year they, they won the Stanley cup and drew Doughty signed this big contract and they were booing him. And I was like, why do you boo drew Doughty? And they were like, because, because he, he, he went on a strike for us to pay him as the best defenseman of the league. And he's not the best defenseman of the league. And I'm like, wow, guys, calm down. He's still drew Doughty. Wow. And, that's, like, uh, that's like Ravens fans booing Lamar Jackson right now. This is oh, please this don't talk the, about the Ravens. We were doing well, guys. Come on, you a Ravens fan? Of course, I'm a Ravens fan. <laughs> you know it. <laughs> the uh, the difference in Greg being a Canadian compared to L.A. people that that that's the difference there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so we, we need to get moving on, though, because we covered the Young Guns, obviously. Greg, now I'm going to have you a little bit quicker time here with the other ones because we got two other sets to highlight before yep. getting into uh, a little bit of talk that will include some OPC Platinum, so stay tuned, Gen Z. But Future Watch Auto. So here we got the uh, Kovalchuk. This is the earliest one I could find from 2001. On-card auto, this one's numbered out of 150. Uh, but now when they release them, they're all numbered out of 999. Yep. Uh, and the first 50 are inscribed. So, Greg, talk to me about the Future Watch Auto. And uh, I'll throw our comparison there because it resonates with Nate and Dean Corns and baseball fans. To me, this seems like the Bowman Chrome auto for, for hockey. Is that true? I like that comparison. I like that comparison. Um, all on-card auto, uh, 999 copies, as you said it. And this is, uh, you know, we said that the, the Young Guns was the most common uh, currency that was traded and bought in the hockey world. But this is the most prestigious um rookie card that you can get uh 999 copies uh, every year sp authentic um th this is the set that you want to get these the, the hobby boxes you get one uh, signed future watch in every boxes and there's a few variations you got the retro that's numbered out of 399 so every single year they pick one retro year to um to have one of these uh, future watch auto and also the future watch auto patch that is numbered out of hundred. As you said, the inscribed is, is, is a pretty cool feature. The first 50 on card auto with the date that was actually signed by the player. So these cards are 
gorgeous every hockey collector if you're PCing a player everyone wants the future watch auto um i personally have a few of them uh kale mccarr included love these cards love the design every single year and uh yeah i gotta say they're my favorite cards too i've got Kirill kaprizov inscribed one i've got mm. um keandre miller inscribed keandre miller base but I, I i absolutely love these cards and sports card influencer also said uh being on aaron good comparison with the bowman chrome um now the, the inscribed so you say the date that they signed it yep i've heard in the past debut date like angel debut date but is it the date that they signed it confirmed i think i heard someone else say that recently too Mm, I think it's the date that they signed it. Yeah, because Keandre Miller and Kaprizov actually signed the exact same date on the card. Um, 1-14-2021. And like, that would just be nuts if they debuted on the same day. So I'm pretty sure it's what you said as well. Also, debut in the middle of the season? Doesn't that seem... Well, Nate, it's like baseball. Normal? It's like baseball. Yeah, they can get called oh, up. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, minor. Minor. I get yeah, that. yeah. yeah, that makes sense. But you're right, Nate, yeah. Um, so I'm going to have to contest Greg a little bit here, but actually first Garrett's going to say, when does the set release? So the new one with Cole Caulfield, do we, funny enough, new last year's rookies, do we know? They still haven't oh. released the cup for 2020 yet. So yeah. And it was supposed to be released on January 25th. No, is it? No, it's still confirmed. Or I think it got pushed back again. Oh, um, it, it, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. They still haven't yet to release the most prestigious, uh, set in hockey for 2020, 2021. And we're talking about releasing already products from 2022, 2023. Yeah. And uh, the SP Authentic was supposed to be released for the Cole Caulfield, Zegris, Byfield, uh, and all of the other rookies uh, in January, but it got pushed back again. So oh, we God. might see the set being released this spring. Yeah, I can't wait, man. <laughs> I just can't <laughs> wait. <laughs> I need a Cole Caulfield so badly. I've been holding off on buying expensive young guns to wait for that set. Aaron, remember... Um... Aaron and Greg, if you remember this, remember that was it twenty was it twenty twelve contenders that had twenty eleven rookies and twenty twelve rookies in it? Yeah, it was the basketball one. It was the lockout. They they combined the draft classes in. Maybe they should just do that, just for we... go twenty twenty and just one giant. To to me, they should agreed. They should skip the base cards for twenty twenty one, and just put the rookie autos in the twenty twenty two twenty twenty three set, like Nate said. That'd be the best way. I feel like to get the twenty twenty two set out soon too. Agreed, Nate. All right, so Greg, I was going to contest you, but you kind of just mentioned it. You know, I've got the cup here. You said that the Future Watch Auto is the most pre prestigious card. I'd argue that the cup RPA of 99 is the most prestigious card, but the Future Watch Auto might be the most accessible prestigious card. Because we're talking 50 Sorry, grand I, for some of these Ovechkins and stuff. I forgot to put accessible in, but of course, the like the cup would be, can we compare it to National Treasures? Yep. National Treasures Exquisite, that's exactly where I'd put it. Yeah, so these are the most prestigious hockey cards you can get. Uh, we saw, like, you see the, the sold price in there. Uh, you and I on the Toronto video, we saw some 200K Connor McDavid cards there uh, as well. Yeah, absolutely beautiful. So, uh, yeah, these are the most sought after. Uh, we're looking at, you know, more than $1,000 for boxes on release day. So, yeah, um, we're still waiting for the 2020-2021 release uh, that has uh, Alexi Lafreniere rookie cards. Um, Keandre Miller. Keandre Miller as well, which is not the most sought-after rookie, but I know how much you love him. Dude, <laughs> I know he's not the most sought-after, but he's, he's playing pretty well right now. He's had some game-winning goals. He's playing amazing, playing amazing. We were talking. We were talking about him when the the Canadians were playing the Rangers yesterday, uh, live on the radio. So he's playing amazing, of course. 
I appreciate the compliment there on, on my boy <laughs> from uh, UWMS. And so this is the McDavid PSA 10 patch auto of 99. There's only three of these, or at least that's what the population was last summer. I doubt that there'd be a fourth grade of that recently. But $228,000 is the most expensive of the cup McDavid card to sell. Um, sold by Heritage. Then this was a complete set that sold earlier in 2022 from the 2005 year, which is the first introduction of the RPAs with Ovechkin and Crosby. Man, what a what a draft class! Them two together, like that's insane. Oh Ovechkin, yeah, that that's just like that's just unbelievable to even think that the two best players that generate you know of that of that era in the same draft class. Wild. Uh, last thing to ask you about here before we get into a couple players that that you like in the market outside of the McDavid, Matthews, Ovechkin, Crosby, you guys. But PMGs, where do you see these retro PMGs and the new PMGs? Because the 2021 just released recently, Metal Universe. Last week. I opened a box. I opened a box, Greg. I tell you, it was one of the worst boxes I've ever opened. Really? Worse than mine? (laughs) Well, it was a base auto of uh, Niles. uh, It was the the, the Rangers. Yeah, yeah. So him. um, And then there was no numbered. There was a few different inserts. Some of the inserts are kind of odd, not going to lie. There's like, do you see the cheddar insert? It's literally a piece of cheese. I got the Zegras rookie, the cheddar. Yeah, the cheddar and the guitar picks as well. Yeah, the guitar picks was the worst of the man. That thing's like I don't know what's the, the worst between the, the the cheese and the guitar picks, but I mean, yeah, you buy the boxes for PMGs. Uh, the the one of one Caulfield PMG was actually pulled last week, also right here around Montreal. Uh, there was actually an offer for fifty five Canadian dollars, fifty five thousand Canadian dollars on the card the next day. Uh, absolutely beautiful. But yeah, I would have taken, dude, I would have taken that in a heartbeat if I was the, the, the seller. 55,000 Canadian, 55, you know, it's like what, 40, 40 some thousand US. And uh, that's yeah. incredible. I, yeah, but still, we'll see, we'll see where that goes. Uh, I, I don't think the seller is in, is in a big rush to sell. But yeah, I, I actually spoke on my podcast with the guy who pulled it. Uh, it's actually, I, I don't think you could get a be- bigger pull here in Montreal than the actual. Uh, you know star rookie from the team one of one pmg uh amazing and it was pulled just the next day as well so beautiful card but yeah i mean uh the, the pmgs uh the rookie pmgs are absolutely beautiful uh we get cole caulfield this year you saw the prices for austin matthews as well um and uh the the, the famous sales that we saw of alex oveshkin as well uh super super expensive yeah, these cars are beautiful, and just like in you know um, back in the '90s, these people st- still love the cards, man. Absolutely, yeah. This is more of a retro play, obviously referencing back to the '97 Metal Universe basketball set they released 2012 um, for the retros, and then they did the retros in 2020. Uh, it was like an eight-year wait before they released the retros again. So you got like a McDavid retro in 2020, and now they did the retros again this year in 2021 with the Caulfield, as you can see here. Hey, um, little- yeah, I would. What you say? Little update for you: forty-one thousand and forty-six dollars. Thank oh, you. Okay. So, uh, I, w- you. I was right there. Currency um, conversion is always a hard thing. Yeah, thank you, Dave. Uh, sports card influencer says Miller is a defenseman error, not really desirable unless your name is McCarr. I definitely agree with that. I totally understand that. It's very similar to catchers and pitchers in baseball, but I, uh, you know, M- Miller oh, played in the oh, area. I went to high school. Oh, state championship. Watch but. your harassment of pitchers, there, sir. That's how we got to start, <laughs> dude. I'm like buying a lot of Keandre Miller. I'm not, I like defensemen. Okay. I used to play defense when I played hockey. Um, Just like Adam Fox. Adam Fox is doing amazing as well. Uh, You know, playing in New York as well with Keandre Miller, but his value, his hobby value doesn't go up there. Uh, You know, just like um, sports cards influencers said, uh, Kale McCarr is just the exception to the rule. 
I got to say, um, Miller having five goals, 19 assists, 24 points, that's already doing better than his last year's statistics. He's still only 22, I think. And they have Truba on their team, who I hear is doing terrible this year. Um, hopefully they get rid of Truba and they elevate Keandre Miller to that to that position next to Fox. I don't know how, how it works uh, like tactically. I don't know if they work well together on the same line, but uh, I like to see him take, take up some more time on ice. We'll see in the future. Definitely. All right. To end it off today, Greg, I just want you to share. You don't have to go on for a long time because I want you to, you know, kind of do some of this stuff in our upcoming puck, uh, puck, about to say puck junk, shout out to Sal, puck drop episodes. Um, But I asked you before the stream, hey, Greg, who are your top five players in the hockey car market, you know, to kind of look at, not necessarily have to buy, but just watch outside of a Ovechkin, um, Crosby, yeah. <laughs> Ovechkin, Crosby, McDavid, and Matthews. So the four that I would say non-hockey fans for sure now. But starting here, what who do we have at five? Well, Patrick Kane of the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, as you know, Patrick Kane, one of the best American players to ever do it. Um, there's a lot of rumors right now that he could probably join the New York Rangers uh, in at the trade deadline this year. So imagine if um, uh, he leaves Chicago, goes to New York, and goes deep in the playoffs. So there's a lot of speculation right now around Patrick Kane. That's why I put him in my top five. I could have put a lot of players in there, but uh, that's absolutely a player I'm going to be watching until the end of the season. Love that. Number four, who do we have? Jason Robertson doing amazing still this season. Uh, the Stars stars are doing uh, doing fine as well, as you, um, as you can see. Um, so, yeah, uh, they're, they're second in the Central Division. Jason Robertson is having one hell of a season. Uh, we saw a, a little dip in his cards uh, after the playoffs last year for sure, but now he's uh, right right back up there, and I think there's still room to grow for Jason Robertson. If he keeps putting on stats like he's doing right now, um, he's he's definitely a good buy, in my opinion. This Robertson one-on-one logo shield is nasty. It's from Ultimate. While it's Ooh. not one of the three p- products we talked about, I love Ultimate collections. Some of the coolest cards that are made come out yep. of there. And uh, this is actually owned by, I think it's Case Hit something on Instagram, but he's a huge Robertson collector. I met him at the National. Has an insane Robertson collection. He started, I think, a couple years ago and uh, or a year ago. And congrats to him. Aaron, I, I know we agree on this, but hockey cards of all the biggest professional sports, they produce the best looking cards in the market yeah upper deck was kings of basketball before they lost the license and they put all their eggs in the hockey and obviously they're non-sport but the hockey cards look fantastic i got so many Kendra miller cards in the other room that i just love looking at because they just make the patch autos so well they make the on-card autos so well so many of the autos are on card in the different sets and uh they're they're fantastic a lot of game worn patches too big big upside there yep number three here we go, Cole Caulfield. Of course, there's a lot of hype around him um, because he's in Montreal, but still, uh, he could be the, the very first uh, goal scorer, 50 goal scorer in more than 35 years or something in Montreal. He's he's going to be the first 40 goal scorer in more than 30 years. The last guy to do it was uh, Vincent Danfos in 1993. 1993 something like that so yeah cole caulfield if he keeps uh he if he signs that long contract with the montreal canadians there's still room to grow on his cards um putting up stats since he's uh he's being coached by martin st louis and playing with nick suzuki so yeah uh you have to put this guy uh, on the list of the hottest players right now i gotta say Another Wisconsin boy. He played yep. at Madison. He's from Madison, Wisconsin. Nate, I think this has to be your favorite hockey player because he's from Wisconsin, so you have no choice. I would never have known that. Awesome. <laughs> there you go. Number two. 
Well, who else than Kale McCarr, Aaron? Uh, Kale McCarr, the most spectacular defenseman to play in the league since I don't know when. I couldn't remember when. He he just beat the record to be the fastest defenseman reaching 200 points in his career. Uh, he's still putting up a lot of impressive stats. Uh, the Avalanche is not doing good this season after winning the Stanley Cup last season. He already has a cup, already has a Norris. So uh, if you're looking for a kind of safe investment, a Mekar could be that, but still room to grow uh, when he goes on uh, in his career. Right now, we're facing a little dip in his cards because the, the Avalanche is not doing that well. They, they're not in the playoff uh, picture. They will qualify for the playoffs as they have a lot of injured players that will come back to the lineup. Uh, and Kale McCarr will... You know he's going to put up some highlight reels in the playoffs as well. So, yeah, he's definitely a buy. Probably my, um, my favorite player in the league right now. There you go, man. He was a blast to watch in the playoffs last year. I'll say that much. Um, he was just amazing. He won the Con Smythe last year too, didn't he? No. Uh, yeah, he won. Wait, yeah, yeah, he, he won. Yeah, yeah, he did. And w- w- when the Avalanche won the, the the Stanley Cup, they asked the captain Landeskog, uh, you know, uh, what's the recipe to win a Stanley Cup? And he just re- he just answered, "Well, find yourself a Kale McCarr." And we that. have it. So yeah, <laughs> that's, such, that's, that's it. such a good quote. Uh, it's, Hank, thanks for correcting me. Uh, Caulfield from Stevens Point, close to Madison. Not in Madison, but he did go to UW-Madison for school. Uh, and then number one, you got Jack Hughes here. Before you talk about Jack Hughes and what he's doing right now, this is the Platinum uh, Gold Treasure from OPC Platinum. We had a, uh, the question earlier from Gen Z about Platinum as a product. I've always been a fan of Platinum. Uh, Platinum wasn't on our, you know, Lynch or our biggest three um, cards uh, or card sets for hockey. But in my opinion, it is a pretty relatable set uh, for basketball and baseball and football collectors. Because it is a chrome stock. It's based off of the old OPG designs or they make new designs for it. And the cards look beautiful. Now, like I said, it's not one of the main ones, but it's another fun one to look at. I've got some platinum models of Miller that I really, really like. Uh, but now talk about Jack Hughes. Talk about why he's your number one from, right now, from, which is crazy. From a collector's standpoint, uh, they love these OPG platinum cards. I think um, uh, who someone asked the question if, if, if the set was very underrated. In my opinion, yes, because the cards are beautiful. Uh, the collectors love these cards. So v- very rarely you're going to see these cards on the market, like being traded. And because when the collectors got them in their collection, they're just keeping them. Uh, I think I think this set could could grow a lot if they just got rid of the OPG name, uh, in my opinion. But hey, uh, Jack Hughes, the, one of the hottest players in the hobby right now. His cards are still growing in kind of the big down market, even though you see hockey is still growing in the market. Um, Jack Hughes is having a fantastic season. Finally, the Devils are going to make the playoffs unless they completely collapse, which is not going to happen. Um, he was drafted uh, there. He just signed a huge contract as well. He's having an amazing season, already 28 goals. Um, so he's he's delivering. And the hobby, even though the pop is pretty high on his cards, um, like the Young Guns PSA 10 is something like uh, 2,500. But uh, you still see that the price is rising. And if they go deep in the playoffs, which they could do, they could very well do. They have a lot of talent in the team. He's leading that team, and it's it's amazing to see his market grow. Speaking of prices rising, I was just doing some uh, little research here in Keandre Miller because I just thought of a card when I was looking. <laughs> Dude, there's like his retro patch auto from this year, the the Future Watch retro, just sold for 150. I think I bought that for 60 dollars in Canada when I was there in the, at the Toronto show. It's a pretty big increase right there. 
Hey, um, that's good. There, well, uh, sorry, I was a little distracted. But uh, and sports car influencer <laughs> says OPC Platinum is equivalent to select before it was watered down. Um, I would tend to agree with that. Actually, it's a pretty good comparison, um, indeed. Uh, Greg, any last things to say here? You know, uh, before signing off, because Puck Drop will be launching on Thursday. First episode coming out. What should people be excited about? Uh, I, I'm going to go probably deeper in all these stats th- with the players that we talked about. Uh, some of the latest rumors before the trade deadline, uh, it's coming in a few weeks. So you might as well, you know, prepare for what's coming up. Uh, also a lot of players that we didn't talk about, uh, cause we were limited to five. We already, uh, <laughs> we already went uh, overboard on the time there. Uh, and also, uh, you know, we got to talk about Alex Oveshkin chasing Wayne Gretzky's uh, most goals scored record. Uh, he is going to beat it. I never thought that was possible, but he is going to. He already has 30 goals this season again. Fingers crossed for good health. Fingers crossed for good health. Yeah, that that's that's the only thing. But but even then, I mean, he could play still, you know, five five seasons and scored 15, 20 and, and get the record. Um, but yeah, uh, we're going to analyze this market for sure. Um, Sidney Crosby, Connor McDavid, all of these cards. Also new releases as new releases come up and come out. I know Greg's going to be there to cover the new releases and new card sales coming from. Yeah. We're going to talk about the latest sales of PMGs. You know, uh, we talked about Cole Caulfield, uh, one of one, but I know, uh, yesterday or today, actually a red PMG out number 200 sold for about a thousand or something. So we'll see, we'll see about all these different cards. Um, yeah, it's a fun time, fun time to collect hockey. Hey, Greg, I appreciate you being here. It uh, means a lot for you coming on here, sharing what you're going to be doing and sharing some hockey information for people who maybe weren't accustomed to it prior to this. And uh, we will have you uh, like Nate, like Nate. Yeah, and, uh, I, appreciate, I appreciate Nate. Uh, Nate's interest. Let's see. Yeah, there you go. Good. That's fun. All right, Thank Greg, you guys. on the back. Thanks for having we'll, me. Uh, I'm going to wrap up the episode. And we'll talk to you after. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, Greg, a lot for being here. Now, to wrap up today's episode, very quick. This is going to take two minutes. I know we're already at 6 to 11 Central Time. Uh, but it was worth it because we got good hockey info from Greg there. What's uh, What not this week? We have two shows, actually, one on Wednesday, one on Thursday. Um, I got to make sure that one's actually on Wednesday. The Formula One says Thursday right now. But it'll be on Wednesday, uh, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. We are giving away three free boxes of the new 2022 Topps Chrome Formula One. Uh, and then we'll be doing a two-box, uh, probably random team break. Uh, immediately after that. But we'll be talking about the new set, talking about the old sets, talking about the drivers this year, what to expect in the 2023 Formula One season. I'm extremely, extremely excited for it. It'll be my first time opening up the new packs, getting a look at the new product. Collectors are loving it and the new design, so excited to see what is in there. And then Thursday, Nate will be running an affordable Thursday uh, for some soccer products. We got some soccer products to sell between Sapphire, Top Trump Bundesliga, some Chronicles 2019. Uh, so it'll be a very fun time with Nate as we got affordable Thursday coming up on whatnot. Click the link in the description. To get $10 in free credit, creating an account, and uh, see us there, save the streams, and uh, we'll have some fun this week. So, Nate, anything else to end us off here, or uh, let's just have let everyone have a great rest of their Monday? Uh, no, I, I enjoyed that, though, and I enjoyed learning about – I mean, hockey hockey is by far the last frontier for me, um, card-wise. Uh, so, kind of fun to learn about it. There you go. Learn some new things tonight. And I'm sure some other people did too. So if you want to hear more about hockey cards, more about the sports, uh, make sure to tune into the first puck drop episode coming on Thursday this week. He'll be doing every other week episodes then um, after that. So I appreciate it for Greg for doing those for us. Um, he's a true Canadian, as you can tell. He's a great guy. And I'm looking forward to seeing what he has to share in the hockey car market. 
Hope everyone had a great live stream here on Slap Sox Live, and we'll see you all next week, 6 p.m. Eastern Time for Slap Sox Live and this upcoming Slap Sox Sundays. Don't forget, 9.45 p.m. Eastern Time. Have a great rest of your week, everyone. See you guys.